0: Welcome to the Prepare to Win Podcast, I'm your host Justin Oliver here with Dane Lee. Uh, today we're going to get into talking about the gym, uh, Unrivaled Strength, which I own. We just kind of celebrated our six years open, so it's, uh, it's a big deal. You know, six years has kind of went by quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think the five years was kind of a lost year because of COVID in a way. Um, so it's like six years kind of snuck up on us. Um but I wanted to talk, like, you know, just about the, the, the start of it all, the beginning a little bit, and then, you know, just things we've seen. And, you know, people often ask, like, how it got started or, you know, what we've done and, mm-hmm. you know, like, how did you grow and stuff like that. Um, I always tell people, like, kind of the same thing. It's like when I knew that I was going to open a gym. I remember I um I texted Lindsay and uh, you know I'd been saving some money and and trying to work towards that goal just kind of looking at places here and there you know it was an idea essentially and I can remember like I, I you know I looked at my bank account one day and I was like texted Lindsay I'm like I think I can do this I was like we're going to be solid I was like we're going to be all right mm-hmm. you know cuz this is me like um, mind you, we, we, you know, we, we'd been together for a little bit, but it wasn't like life altering for her really, yeah. you know, at the time we didn't know or anything, but like um, I told her, I'm like, we're going to be all right. Like, we'll be good. You know, um, And I quit my job uh, where I was working then to basically pursue that. Um, and that took, you know, from transition. Um, it was, I think about two months to transition from leaving that job to really getting things going in the the gym because i had to order equipment i had to get things you know set up um so That's we, still pretty fast though yeah well so kind of I, I had a talk with uh the crossfit gym where, you know i was working out in the time and i just asked like hey could i use this little space kind of train my clients until i figure something out mm-hmm. you know and um, that space next to them we knew was going to become available but obviously it needed build out and and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were in there for, for about the two months or so, maybe three months, um, where I was just basically training my clients, you know, in this small little area. I think I held like a group training at night, you know, so that way I didn't have to do like, I could offer something else that would help bring in revenue besides just doing one-on-one training. Yeah. So my days are pretty packed. You know, I would, I would train people in the morning one-on-one and, um, maybe the early evening or late evening one-on-one, but I had, you know, about an hour and a half class. I think it was where I was able to train a bunch of my clients at one time, Mm -hmm. um, and charge a rate for that. So that brought in revenue, um, to be able to do the build out and everything else. Um, but you know, one thing I see a lot of is you see a lot of these gyms. Now they go all out right away and they buy all this equipment and you know, And a lot of it's really expensive equipment. It's like they don't, the old school way was like, you kind of looked for deals. You found some cheap shit, Mm -hmm. um, found maybe some gyms that might be shutting down, try to, you know, get some things from them or just people selling stuff. And you just piece it together. Then over time you kind of upgrade. Yeah. Um, There's some things I don't think you should go cheap on, you know, in the beginning, but there's some stuff that you have to. And some of that like cheap stuff that we bought in the beginning is still in here today. You know, so I've gotten at least six years of use out of it. And like, I can think of that shoulder press out there cost me $150 and it's still working great. Definitely paid for itself. And that thing's old. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's probably 20, 25 year old piece of equipment. It's not rusted out or anything. It's, you know, good uh, seed on it and everything. Everything's fine, you know? So you got to look for those little deals. Um, But anyway, so I think I had um, my first order, like I had ordered, like, I think it was like two bars and a thousand pounds of plates and a movable squat rack from Rogue, and then the gym I was in had one too, so that was my initial startup and from there, once we got into the other space, I ordered you know the dumbbells, the um cable system, you know all that sort of stuff um I think what else did i ordered? I ordered another uh like actual drill down bolt down rack mm-hmm. um couple benches you know things like that i mean i spent some some money there in that first year or two uh, for sure i think you know i always tell the story about maxing out that uh my credit cards and stuff my business card and paying it all back in time that i hardly paid any interest on on that but um you know it it costs uh, a lot of money to get started people don't realize that like it's not like you spend 15 grand and you have a gym that generally isn't the case unless right. you, unless you really went cheap and you found a cheap overhead place and, and all that stuff. Um, you know, I'd have to look up the exact numbers, but you know, we, I know we spent like 60,000 on equipment within the first year, year and a half.
1: So, um, I'm trying to remember when I joined, cause I was a member when you were in that space mm-hmm. before I started doing massage with you and it would be every couple of months or so there'd be something new coming in Yeah, and just like, you'd come in and be like, there was a new jigsaw way of how things had to fit together. <laughs> yeah, was, got the GHD machines in there, the treadmills, and it's like, yeah. okay, now this is over here because we had to sort yeah. things out.
0: It was a tiny space. I what was it like, maybe eighteen hundred square feet? So yeah, every time we got a new piece in, like the gym had to be laid out mm-hmm. different. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, we we tried to pack it in the best we could. You know, and in, in about a year, it only took about a year and a half, um, maybe a little bit more until we realized, like, okay, we, we need to expand because the nights started to get pretty packed.
1: Mm-hmm. And I knew we
0: could just offer more because my original business plan called for uh, more of a gym like I have now. Um, and I knew, like, with the members we had, we could cover overhead. And if, obviously, we got more members, yeah. you know, we'll do a little better. But now we could offer more also. And that move worked out because I think um, we had, like, 40-something members come in that first week that we were open. So, or we, the first week we moved. Yeah. Um, we ran a Facebook ad. We, um, kind of shouted out on social media and, um, it brought, you know, a decent amount of people. So, you know, now we're here for whatever, four and a half years, mm-hmm. um, which still doesn't seem like we've been here that long, but
1: no, um,
0: you know, a lot's, a lot's been done. And I think one of the coolest things, um, you know, a lot of people don't – you don't know because you're not here. The things that uh, that we've gotten to see, the people we've gotten to meet that that have came through this gym, like I can't even – I would have to sit here and really think and write down, because I want to be able to remember them all, of how many world record attempts have been made in here. You know, either they were broken or they weren't, you know. But just the, the fact that we have – that high a level of lifters that come to the meets and compete here um, is something crazy. Because I remember we're, we're like, oh, yeah, we expanded. Hey, we can run meets now. Mm-hmm. You know, I expected it to be like, okay, we'll get, some, you know, obviously there's strong people in power if you don't come. I never expected like we would see these insanely strong people, some of the best in the world, some of the best ever power lift come through the gym to be at the meets, you know. Um, and it's turned into, you know, not only will you see like athletes now, but the coaches that Mm -hmm. are showing up the, you know, some of the bigger name coaches will be through here. Um, we've had where I remember after the one meet, there was like a small seminar of, you know, kind of like the who's who in coaching and and powerlifting were all there. Um, you know, some top ranked people at the time.
1: Was that the day after? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah, um,
1: I mean, think about that just as an opportunity for the people in the gym too, yeah. where you have these incredible lifters and yeah. coaches who are like, yeah, I'll give some free time. I'm going to be in the area. I'll yeah. come in to help out, give some pointers, just kind of like work out for the day.
0: Yeah. It, it's interesting because like, again, the, a lot of times you have to travel to these people's seminars, pay for it. You have to, um, you might never meet these people, maybe online you've talked to them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But to actually like, you know, and some people are, it's just as what it is. It's a, they're not who they seem to be online, yeah. but for the most part, like most people have been really cool. Um, really a lot of laid back people in powerlifting, you know, everyone thinks it's like, oh, there's a bunch of, you know, meathead assholes like this and that. Not, like a lot of people are so laid back and just chill that, um, and, and a lot of them don't care, like. They might be the best lifter in the world and you might just be starting, you know, and mm-hmm. they'll have a conversation. It's not like they think that they're so much better than you that they can't, you know, like talk down to you or anything right. like that. So, um,
1: I mean, I've noticed that as being someone who isn't a power lifter, but being at the meets, uh, I'm blanking on the guy's name. He had hurt himself, I think, on squats. He had like irritated his IT band and the glute mead, and he was trying to get ready to make sure he could go deadlift. Mm-hmm. he just came, like big dude came over yeah. and just casually he's like hey can you help me out sure come on in like put him on the table we did a little bit of work he was able yeah. to go out and work on it but he was really chill laid back i mean when you watch him on the platform he looks yeah. like he's about to you know fucking murder you yeah but like he had a couple of friends who were with him who were helping him out and we just had a casual conversation while i'm working on him and next thing you know goes out there and turns into an animal again but
0: yeah you yeah, know i think people see those videos or they, you know, you might see someone just on the platform and think, man, psychopath. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but then like, so I've seen it so many times where someone like they're going up to the bar. It's a completely different mentality. You talk to them 30 seconds after they come off that bar and they're just completely mm-hmm. different than what they just appeared to be like, you know,
1: it's also amazing when you think about how good some of the lifters are that they're still open to conversations about Mm. what to do yeah you would think that you can't possibly be at the level that you're at without knowing some of these things and Mm -hmm. you realize that no they're just as interested yeah as anyone else and how can i get better what can i do and you you talk about things that might be i won't say simple necessarily but Mm -hmm. uh, are fundamental to what you would do and like they're asking questions or taking it in because they haven't tried it before
0: there's the, you know and that's a sign of an at just a true athlete you know always wanting to learn more but what i've noticed is like the the people i've talked to there's something that like seems like oh everyone knows this and you're at that level so you probably knows they might not right you'd be surprised how many people um like on the nutrition side i can think of a couple clients i have that are pretty high level lifters Mm -hmm. that didn't know some of the things that I thought everyone kind of grasped, especially at that level. And like, it's, it's not, I mean, they're kind of outliers in a way, but like at the same time, like not everyone knows everything. And that's why I think it's good to like, you know, share information even, and I'll get like weary that sometimes thinking like, well, everyone knows this. I'm not going to regurgitate it, Mm -hmm. you know, but then i you know you run into someone you have a conversation it's like they didn't know that like so and it could be something simple like for you know rehydration or when to eat certain things or like what this food will do and like you know s- stupid shit
1: i remember the story you were yeah. saying about the guy that you talked about water cuts and like yeah. how yeah. to go through that properly like have you ever tried this like, like oh no
0: yeah he did it the, did it the hardest yeah one of the hardest way as possible. Like man you could just like do this and relax and chill you don't have to go through i think he like remember he was cutting hard and like talking about how like it would take him about 14 hours to cut the weight down i'm like dude here's a try this method it'll probably you'll probably be water cutting for like two to three hours mm-hmm. you know on and off and you'll be fine mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's oh, man it's crazy like he would talk about like sitting in a hot tub like doing hot tub intervals for like three hours and i'm like oh god fuck (laughs) that sucks and still
1: being able to come out and perform
0: yeah yeah so i thought that's always been cool that like and not even from the powerlifting side from you know weightlifters there's been some pretty good weightlifters came through Mm -hmm. um i know when dan's had his you know kind of open days and like had people drop in or even some of the meets they've ran you'll see some like some higher level Crossfitters, games athletes that have been through here things like that. So it's not just like, you know, these just these elite powerlifters that always come through. Um, you know, I know for the local area, I mean, hell. Pretty much every good athlete I can think of has worked out here at some point. Um, whether that was just a drop-in, you know, or pass through, or they um actually trained here, you know, at some point. You know, and even some of the like better bodybuilders, like have dropped in to get away from the commercial gym and just get a workout Mm -hmm. in and not be bothered and you know i always thought that was pretty cool how like you know i could think of the couple guys that have like messaged me like hey can i get into your gym and i just need to work out and like not be around anyone and you know Mm -hmm. so i always thought that was pretty cool that they knew it was like a place they could come to to get work done you know without the commercial gym like Talk to you every two seconds yeah. thing. Cause when, you know, when you're in a gym with, you know, 2000 members and everyone knows who you are because you're the one of the big bodybuilders and yeah. everyone wants to ask you tips or how's it going? Even something simple like, how's it going, bro? Mm-hmm. Like, motherfucker, I'm four weeks out. I want to kill people. Like, leave me the fuck <laughs> alone. I'm trying to get a workout in, you know? So, and that's something like, I talked about this in the post I made, like there was a guy um, that walked into the old gym and my members had texted me about it. They said, there's this guy that stopped in and he was just asking all these questions about you, but he was like kind of a dick. Like it was almost like he was like digging about who you are. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, it was a guy ended up being a guy from a, a gym down the road that isn't even really a gym anymore. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, he came in like oh who's who's justin where'd he come from like yeah. you know this and that like you know asking all these questions and it's just kind of funny that you know you go from that to within like a year people knew like at least in the powerlifting world like oh some people coming out of there mm-hmm. you know you know um some of the more local like strong people were working out there and things like that but uh, fast forward to now like we are known as more of a serious gym in the area in northeast ohio in ohio you know mm-hmm. people people at least in the powerlifting realm throughout the country like there's people that know of the gym and that's something i kind of never thought we would get to like we we got online clients see when i opened the gym is when i, I started online training um at least a little bit yeah. you know what i mean um that's when it really like like i had done some programs i had done the Snap, but like That's when I started kind of a different method and really started to try to push a little bit more online. What were you Um, using for that? Well, I would do like, I would just basically send out programs. Okay. Like I wouldn't really give feedback. I wouldn't really, you know, critique anything, you know, um, people would just base level. People would want a 12 week program and I'd ask them their goal. I would type it up for them and I'd charge them the fee it took me to type up and, you know, but I remember like it was kind of surprising that it's like once I started doing that, like, getting inquiries from like New York or North Carolina or where, mm-hmm. you know, wherever. And then probably about two years after that is when I really started three years after that is when I really started dialing in the online method and like how I kind of run things now. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to limit a little bit more who I'd work with as far as like number of people. Um, Cause it did, it got crazy there for a while trying to like run the gym, be an athlete, coach like i needed to like like we talked about the new norm i needed to get used to that yeah before i could move on but yeah and then now it's like you know you get to that point where it's like inquiries kind of constantly come in and uh at least even for the gym like all the coaches are getting clients in mm-hmm. um, the level of person that i've worked with and this is this is kind of how it goes in a way is like it's gotten better like you know the high the higher level people that I work with now for nutrition or yeah you know you for programming that with, like, some you can see things especially some
1: of the people recently
0: you see the growth in it and and that's how it kind of works like you know sometimes you're just a, a famous name and people want to work with you or wherever but other time like other times like me like I have to work with certain people and prove that I can do X right. um, before it really flows and floods Um and, you know, I could think of a couple coaches out where that way that they worked with like one or two people that that was their breakout moment. They did good with them. Mm-hmm.
1: And then, you know, now they're flooded with clients. So sometimes it takes that also, but it's interesting to think about the difference between the gym as a business and like you as a coach mm-hmm. as a business. Cause think how long have you been coaching like before unrivaled and all that? Oh
0: God. What's it been? Thir- 13 years, I'd say, well about 13 years of like helping build true coaching. It's been like 11 years.
1: Okay, yeah. but the business itself, six years. Mm-hmm. And so you were learning during the whole 11 years, you're still mm-hmm. learning, getting yeah. better with things. Like you said, with the whole online portion, you only just started that, really when the business started, you refine yeah. that, get better. But those two end up, even though they're separate somewhat, they end up feeding into one another. Like as Unrival becomes more well-known, mm-hmm. people start giving more inquiries about coming here, that increases your opportunity. But like you as a coach, you have your own rise of quality of client, number Mm -hmm. of client services that you're doing and what you're seeing from that. And I mean, when you talk about opportunities, like those two things they feed into each other so much. I mean, how many times have you been able to have a conversation with coaches or athletes that come through here and you're like, oh, I never thought of that. Mm -hmm. And then you take that same thing and now all of a sudden, because the gym has provided an opportunity for them to come here you get to then take that and provide it to clients and it just it goes back and forth some
0: some stuff has been like new ideas new thoughts um and then other things have like reaffirmed that what i was doing Mm -hmm. was was correct you know i think especially since um i've gotten to work with two of um you know the more well-known coaches in powerlifting and uh two that I've had good success with clients. Um, I got to see kind of two different ways of coaching, two different methods, different styles of programming, all that stuff. You know, I think working with that higher level of coaching one reaffirmed some of the things I was do. I've been doing for since the beginning. Mm-hmm. That like okay, so I have been wasn't a dumbass. I've been kind of doing this right Um, but then other things I learned like oh man that's a really efficient way of doing that I'm going to do it that way Mm -hmm. you know and like I've learned to like be able to um, manage my clients a lot better to where then I got used to it I can remember like I told Trevor I mean he'd been coaching me for like a few months and we were talking about like clients and I was like you know I had I forget how many at the time like maybe I think I limited at the time to like 25 clients or something like that. I said like, I'm starting to get used to things like I'm I'm managing things a little better. I think I'm going to just let it rip and like kind of, you know, if I feel like at any point I get to that point, I'll block it off again. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, it, once I kind of like let that release happen um, steadily since then I've gained and gained and I, you know, whatever it's like close to 60 people now. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and it's not to say like I wouldn't cap it at some point again, you know, but and I'm still being kind of picky with people I take on. It's just um, there's more inquiries. There's more people wanting to work with me. So it's like I I have to, if I can handle it and I can still provide quality and they're a good fit and like everything's, you know, then I'll take them, take them on, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but there's still plenty of people I push on, you know, and I think that's that's one other thing that a lot of coaches starting out or gyms starting out. We, we kind of did it too. I'll say like, I can't say we're like innocent of it, but like they will try to train everything and flood in with everybody. Oh, yeah. And they, and even if they don't have coaches for those specific things, they try to do it all. And it's like, so you have coaches that aren't like here. Everyone's niche in a mm. way like they can coach other things, Mm-hmm. But they don't focus on that. Like, you know, our gen pop people go to certain coaches. Um, not that those and those coaches, some of the, you know, they have power lifters that they coach, mm-hmm. you know, to a certain level that they're comfortable coaching. But like, they're not going to go coach the Olympic lifting people, you know, right. or if like an elite level CrossFitter comes in here, they're probably not going to take them on. You know, it's right. like. Um, I think here, like we've fell into our niches and fell into our realm and like everyone kind of knows their boundaries. Um, I think that's what benefits us a lot, you know, versus like other gyms that have tried to just, we're just going to train everyone, train it all, do it all. And then you're not good at any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just wear yourself thin and you water down everything and then everything looks like shit,
1: you know, at so, the beginning of it, it makes sense because, you know, like we talked just, about, you're just trying to grow. I like, get give it. Give me yeah. anything. Yeah. But then little by little, you start to find out what do I do well with? Let me hone it down from a business perspective. Then you say, all right, well, I'm still getting a portion of people who come in that want this other thing that Mm -hmm. I'm not particularly suited for. Let me find someone to do that. You've got the market right there, you know, take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. Then that's where you see this diversion. A lot of times the first like year or two coming into it is, are you able to understand strategically how do you separate yourself towards that niche, towards that yeah. realm like you talked about, but still provide well, you know, an opportunity for another coach if you, or someone if you else? look
0: at what we did in the beginning. So I was still working with some gen poppers, power lifters. Um, I think I had like a couple Olympic lifters and it was more for programming. I wasn't doing a lot of technique stuff with them. Mm-hmm. It was just like I was trying to all around strength and aesthetic programming. Yeah. basically what I was doing so I was working with a ton of God, probably like eight or nine crossfitters at the time too so it's like uh for their strength portions at least in their olympic lifting portions you know in the beginning I kind of flooded myself with a variety of people Um, and the plan was like okay we're gonna work with this run with people but in the expansions in my brain you know yeah. it's like Okay, I know we're going to have our CrossFit area, our Olympic lifting area, or this Mm -hmm. area, you know. So, like, my original plan was we would have someone that could train the CrossFit people. Mm -hmm. We would have someone that, you know, a couple people that could train the athletes. The Olympic lifting, um, originally, I was going to get a hold of Dan. This is how we connected. I was like, uh, I think I emailed him to talk about, like, coming in, like, two to three times a week. And just offering a class and people could pay for it and jump in and all that. Okay. And his like instant rebuttal was, how about I just move my club into your gym? And it's like, <laughs> well, that that works too. That sounds like a great idea.
1: Hell of a counter offer. Yeah.
0: So, um, you yeah, know, and we talked and it's everything fit well. And um, so we merged up together and uh, that worked out really well. Um, you know, but then like the athletes that we were working with before, the sport athletes, like We still kind of kept them around, which, uh, by the way, I'm, I think I'm supposed to plug this. A kid I used to work with is probably getting drafted to the NHL. So I, I probably need to bring him in, take a picture, take all the credit
1: for everything <laughs> he's ever done in his life. Um, I think you could get so, away with getting a picture with him. I think that's probably good. good. Yeah. I don't know about all the credit. No, I'm going to say I <laughs> That's what you do
0: as a sport gym. So you grow yourself. When these freak athletes go pro, then... Mm then you credit yourself
1: this is my athlete this
0: is what i did with him Mm -hmm. look i worked with him you know what two summers for a couple months each time and you know in his 20 whatever years on this (laughs) earth um i basically am the reason he's in the nhl so but anyway um but if you think about it like that was the next expansion is so we wanted to keep like some level of like working with athletes so when we did that next expansion that was our move into sport training Mm -hmm. and of course we had coaches kind of ready um to take that on Mm -hmm. you know and uh that didn't work out but as everyone knows but you know and then we actually and then we had the crossfit actual crossfit gym yeah you know so it all came together in the end Mm -hmm. just COVID and you know shitty people screwed it but um, <clears throat> that was the vision. So, yes, we we kind of grabbed it all in the beginning, but we didn't stay there. We expanded right. and put these niche coaches in place and niche areas in place to have each of those running. You know, so it was still like in the back of people's head, like, well, they train sport athletes. Well, they've trained CrossFitters. Well, they've done this and that, mm-hmm. you know. And then once we flowed big enough, then everyone was in their own area. Right. Yeah,
1: kind of so. waited until you've earned the opportunity to expand into those <clears throat> things mm-hmm. appropriately. And
0: then, and then from there, that's when you really kick up the advertising and you really blow it up. And like when we had the CrossFit gym, like, you know, the 20 members that signed up in the first week or whatever. Mm-hmm. and The athlete inquiries, <laughs> even though we didn't really get that running, but we still had inquiries about it. Like things were starting to move. Yeah, You know, so anyway.
1: You mentioned, though, when we were talking uh, before the episode about becoming a target for when you Mm -hmm. grow. And I think that using what you were mentioning before, when you were talking about the start of it all, what I've been able to watch as being a business within your gym for the past four years or so Mm -hmm. is that you don't see the combination of a strategic business owner and a competent coach. Very often you see good coaches or quality coaches, I should say, and they stay at a certain level. Maybe it's because that's all they want, they they're good with it yeah. uh, maybe it's because of market opportunity or maybe they just don't have a good understanding of how growth can happen how to take advantage of opportunities that come along yeah. or let's see this quite a bit you have people who are really good at business and marketing but it's this hollow shell of a I'm gonna say of a gym because um, they're all slightly different but we'll just kind of encompass it within that term gym when you find someone, who is able to do both of those, bring the two halves, bring them together, and they have growth, mm. you become a target. In, in my opinion, from what I've watched, you become a target because you are able to fill the thing that the other person realizes they don't have.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I
1: just, <laughs> And it's true in a lot yeah. of other regards, but yeah. specifically since I we're talking about this.
0: It's... It is... Okay, so... There's always going to be more gen poppers, whatever you want to call them, average Joes, Mm -hmm. people that just want to lose some weight, whatever. People that just want to quote-unquote community, whatever you want Mm -hmm. to call it, classes. There's always going to be a bigger market for that than seriously trained athletes, always. Mm -hmm. It's just how it is, how life works. There are people that don't come to this gym that I personally know because they go to another one that offers classes because that's their way to get fit. That's their way to stay adhered. Like they're not the person, I can't give them a program. They come in and do this and that. They need to go in a group and work out or, um, uh, we, you know, one guy, you know, real cool guy, had a lot of conversations with them, you know, gave us five star review, was here for a couple of years. Um, He went down to, I think it was a Y or something. Um, But he just said like, I'm just, I want to go to like a a less serious gym for a bit, you know, and I I don't know why, you know, I I didn't ask a bunch of questions or anything Mm -hmm. like, um, you know, it could have been a, um, could have been insecurities. It could have been that he just wanted a different atmosphere, whatever, you know, Um, you know, so there's, there's there's people that just it's not that they don't appreciate what the gym offers. It's just not for them. Right. I get that. Um, but what the thing is with some of these other gyms is they target, there's a bunch of different things. To this. some target naive people, you know, and they'll promote that. Oh, look how great our coaching is. Look how awesome we are. And here's the results. The results aren't really impressive but the average person doesn't realize, doesn't that. realize yeah. that they don't understand. Like I can clean your diet up and you'll drop those eight pounds of water too. Like that's,
1: mm-hmm. that's
0: not hard. You're going to gain it right back. Cause they don't know how to run and manipulate your food. Right. Um, <clears throat> like it's not hard, you know? Right. But, um, I think what happens is then these coaches, they know that they're not providing a great product and they know that they're not working with a higher level person or athlete and they know they can't. Mm -hmm. So what they'll do is they'll turn around and let's call it hate because that's what it is. They'll hate on, you know, gyms like this or in the coaches in here and what we do because we're able to push and create and help the higher level athlete the people they want to work with but they Mm -hmm. can't like you said whether it's they don't have the you know the knowledge of it they can't you know promote right to get those people in who knows what it is you know but um and then there's some that they, they just want to gear towards those people they don't even care you know but they still won't respect what a gym like this will do Mm. do you you get what i'm saying um and who knows why you know but then i've also seen like phenomenal coaches like great coaches who are just shitty at business you know so they can't grow they can't grow their business at all they can't Mm -hmm. um get people to come through the door but they'll have like 10 serious people in the gym, you know, but they just can't, they just don't know what to do to like create something big. What's that
1: next step? Yeah. You kind of move past it.
0: So I think like if you're ever in that situation where, you know, like you're, you're a knowledgeable coach, you know that you're working with a little bit higher level clientele. That's when you need to like partner or move or something Mm -hmm. with a business minded person, a marketer, a, uh, but someone's going to push, 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 you know what I mean? Like they're the ones that are going to blast through, um, social medias and mm-hmm. whatever, and they know how to build an actual brand and business. Cause then you'll see yourself grow a lot. Um,
1: what which- I don't understand after, so I, in total, I've been doing this for five years, been here for four now, I don't know how else to put it. The lack of community between gyms where it's yeah. like, if if you're known at unrivaled if dan is known at rubber city as being um kind of the premier coaches for powerlifting and olympic weightlifting in the area Mm -hmm. what is the harm what is the loss at saying hey they're a better coach if you're really serious and i as Mm -hmm. a coach can recognize that you're really serious and i want the best for you not my business the best for you as a client Mm -hmm. i want you to go see them like this is an easy one my buddy charlie um he just sent me a message the other day. He was like, I have an Olympic weightlifting girl. I'm gonna send him I sent her over to Dan. Yeah. Because like he realizes that can he teach the basics? Kind of like mm-hmm. what you're saying. Could you? Yeah. Yeah. But if he sees that someone wants to be better than what he's able to provide, mm-hmm. he's gonna send them to where he knows the best coach is. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, here, I do the same thing yeah. as a practitioner. But if someone comes to me and they have an issue that I know I'm not suited for. Yeah. I'm going to refer them to somebody yeah. to get the service that they that they need, that That's, I know they need.
0: I mean that okay, so I have a buddy. Um he was just texting me last week about like I think I might hire a trainer because it's like not that I don't work out and don't kinda know something. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, but I just want to change up, I want, you know, to be pushed and this and that. I already had like three trainers in my mind that aren't here. Mm-hmm. that would be good for him right. that are other places that are reasonably cost and like he would get along with knowing his personality and how he would need pushed and things like that mm-hmm. you know what i mean um so like if he would take that step i would there's probably like realistically one or two you know that i would definitely say go talk to them mm-hmm. you know, talk to this one first this one you know whatever but, um, not that like I couldn't coach him, but I don't want to coach him. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, I don't yeah. that's not who I want to work with, you know, right things like that. Um, you know, it's the same with like, you know, your friend, it's like, could he could he coach a squat, uh, a bench, a deadlift? Sure. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean, But if someone's coming in and they're like, I want to be, you know a top ranked powerlifter. I can possibly be. Is he going to be confident enough to coach that?
1: Take him to yeah. a certain point and then say, Hey, if you yeah. want to keep going, here's the limit yeah. of my knowledge. Yeah. And like that mindset, you just don't see it very much. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the area well, or I, if it's here's like what gyms in general. It's
0: like, okay, so it's so at two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I was out on the floor and, uh, one of Dan's lifters, um, she had some, not exactly simple things wrong with her squat, but I could see what it was. Mm -hmm. So I gave her some tips and like instantly the next rep, she's like, feels a little better. I'm like, okay, let's do it again. Mm -hmm. You know, like a couple more sets. She's like, wow. She's like, my squat feels completely different. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wait until you do hundreds of reps that way. I said, come back, like talk to me in three or four months and
1: night and day difference, how
0: great it's going to feel. Right did Dan's ego get hurt because I showed one of his lifters how to squat? No, Dan walked over and was like, what, what cues did you give or what'd you see? Like what this yeah. and that. And he told that lifter, he's like, he's like, see, he's like, he's like, he watches, he knows. I, mm-hmm. you know, I told him, I was like, he he's like, you, you watch squats every single week, every single day. Like, yeah, that's, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. squats are a secondary thing to them. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. not, it's not one of the main lifts. Need to for them, right? You know, but for us, it is. So when I see something in in that squat, it's like when they squat, Dan, Dan might watch, but he's not like it's not like a snatch. He's not like in tune. He's watching other people's Olympic lifts. H- your squats are your accessories to them. So he yeah. just get it done. You know what I mean? Whereas like me, your squat your main movement. Mm-hmm. So I need to learn and know and have knowledge around that squat.
1: How to make it the most efficient, how to make it the best it can be. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But it's funny because like, again, his ego didn't get slammed and he was like, oh, you know,
1: that's a conversation I've had with him before where it's fun to talk to him because he has so many years of coaching and not Mm. just in Olympic weightlifting, but just in general in different areas where I told him that at one point I would have, I mean, it was ego. I would have my ego bruised because someone would do something that i had been trying to tell them you know mm-hmm. for a period of time and one other person mentioned it one time and they're like oh they said this i'll do it and you're like god damn why wouldn't you do that when i mentioned it yeah. all those different times yeah. and dan's like why did you want them to do it yeah did they do it yeah then who cares who said it mm-hmm. it's like they got what they needed he's like you know how many times i'll have a lifter i'll be coaching them for a year they don't do what i want them to they go to a seminar that person says basically the same thing that Dan does. And all yeah. of a sudden their lifter gets it. He's like, I don't care. They yeah. got it.
0: <laughs> different voice, different, you know, it might've been a different, you know, cue in a way, you know? So, um,
1: but that mindset of being if, open to yeah, it,
0: well, we, we, me and Lindsay have talked about this cause there's, we've heard other podcasts where people talk about their area and like how they've worked with like, you know, the crossers or the CrossFit gyms have brought them in for seminars. like, mm-hmm. You know, I doubt any, hardly any CrossFitters around here even listen to us, but um, that's the thing. It's like, there's not any reason. Me and Dan and you should be in these gyms around here doing seminars. I would love to. There should be an invite. Like, if you give a shit about your members, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's how it should be. You know, but instead, like, for example, when I went to, I had to stop in another gym. Um, I got attitude from the, the gym owner, you know, and I got like a fake, like, how's it going? Like, but like snarky, like, you know, and it's like, I, I don't fucking understand it. Do I hate some of the gym owners around here? Yes. And that's because of one, if I've been in their gym and they've treated me like a piece of shit. Sorry, I'm not gonna
1: lack like of respect.
0: Not gonna have a lot of respect for you, or I've seen you like cuss out your members. You know, like when I say cuss out, I'm talking like scream at them, cuss them out, Mem- your members, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, in false advertising, like bullshit advertising, scamming people, stuff like that. Those two things, you lose my respect. Mm-hmm. You know, but there are other gym owners. that's like, where are you at? You know? Yeah. Um, but it's just, I think it's the culture of this area. I think there's just a lot of gyms and I don't know. Everyone wants to kind of be top dog, I guess. I don't.
1: That's one in know. the years of doing this still haven't figured out. I mean, I love coaching gymnastics. I love it. Yeah. Um, I've had a couple people recently who have come in to work on handstand walking. I've had some people ask about working on muscle ups for as much as I love doing it and as much success as I've had, and that's not me boasting in any way, being egotistical. We had a group a couple years ago who, you know, they were the functional fitness group mm-hmm. and they asked, Hey, once a week can we work on gymnastics? Absolutely. And throughout the summer, like you have a handful of them who never had any intention or desire to do muscle ups. Yeah. And with assistance, they look great yeah. on the rings doing muscle ups. If you can have that kind of success, why would you not take advantage of the fact that it's local i'm not there to judge whether you're good or bad at it i'm there to help i think
0: that's what it is too i think well i think it's ego but i also think it's like okay if we bring these people in and they talk it's going to make us look stupid because this coach is going to like critique all of our people make them (laughs) make them better you know in the end that only helps you as the coach look better if they refine things and Mm -hmm. look better i mean I've asked other coaches, like, "How hey, how do you run seminars? Like, what's the, you know, because I've thought about bringing coaches to run seminars at the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd be the first one to push my clients towards doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I can remember, you know, Stacey Burr had her first seminar ever at the gym, right? And um, I told literally everyone. <laughs> I mean, we blasted on social media, yeah. and I was like, everyone come to this you know blah 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 I wasn't worried that like oh my god Stacy might say some shit that like makes us look dumb or you know whatever you know like no one fucking or when those other coaches were in here like I wasn't like oh man like Laura Phelps might say something that like conflicts with what I say and then my person might think I'm an idiot
1: you know it's like because here's what I've learned as a business owner you're allowed to disagree with me yeah. You're allowed to say something that I don't agree with and that doesn't make you wrong and me right or vice versa. Yeah. So if I come in to do a seminar and I say, Hey, here's how I think that you should have your hands as you're going through muscle ups. Cause I think it'll help with the learning. And you say, you know, in my experience, it works better this way. Great. Wonderful. That's what we both think about. Let's move on. What's the next thing that doesn't make well, me judgmental of how you coach. It's the
0: same thing as like how we work together with um, some of my clients, like corrections you'll have them do and it's like sure i could give them some corrections to do and things but like if you're handling their recovery and you know like more in depth the issues they might be having with whatever an adductor you know whatever Mm -hmm. the hell's going on it's like why wouldn't i want
1: to play to that strength
0: yeah like why wouldn't i want you to give them more drills to do or more of this to, you know, and even mm-hmm. more shit to work on. Cause that's going to get them healthier and better for me to be able to program for them. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's like, but there'll be coaches that like, if you tried to do that with them, they'd be like, Oh, don't tell my lifter what to do. And like, I, I, well, I'll get it. I'll handle it. Or, you know what I mean? Whatever. Puff yeah. their chest out. And it's like,
1: I already gave them a stretch. I was like, I, you did, you have a yeah. stretch in there, but here's yeah. one that might work better. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So you can probably move on to questions. I okay. I feel like I could talk all day on uh, the business side of things and
1: so I do think it's interesting though you said the other day where yes it's been 6 years but it's still a very young business. Mm-hmm. Like the number of years left that you have and what you could see in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 yeah. years that comes with it.
0: Yeah, that's what you know, I was <sighs> as
1: much as it feels like I've been
0: doing you know been in this industry a long time it's like with my i mean i dan's what in his early 60s i mm-hmm. think it's like because <laughs> be coaching for 30 more years you know? Yeah, it's like um so relatively like still a, a baby in it so
1: all right q a uh best piece of advice for someone starting out in the fitness industry
0: um there's there's a that's there's a lot to that uh Cause I don't think there's one piece of advice, like one single, but, um, I will say just kind of, as I just said, like, you know, I've been in this for a while and I'm still as much as I'm like a veteran in it, I'm still relatively could be a baby in it. You know, it's like if I could go another 20, 25 years of coaching, Mm -hmm. you know, um, what I think people just need patience, you know, with the online movement, everyone wants a hundred clients fucking week one. Yeah. Um, just be patient. Like, you know, I went from helping people for free to like, I don't know, bounce around gyms and like get a small payment, uh, for, for doing, you know, training or whatever. And then, um, moved on up, you know, worked at a gym, Mm -hmm. stacked clients, you know all that stuff like you have to be patient and even when i opened my gym and i had clients and this and that like it's not like you just bank a bunch of money off the start and like have
1: you know god no a
0: ton of inquiries and clients all the time it it takes time to build and i think uh so that's one big thing is patience um the other one to that question this guy posted um this was about opening a gym but um, this is kind of true with everything in the fitness industry. Uh, someone asked about one piece of advice for starting their own gym, um, but this kind of goes with it. He said, at the cost of sounding negative, don't. If you decide to do it, have thick skin. A very big misconception in the fitness industry is that it is a community. It is not. Once you bring something of value to the table, the target on your back grows larger. You have to stay true to yourself and your integrity. Don't let anyone uh, don't let anyone else determine your fate um and that's the truth that that whole thing is 100 percent the truth like um the one thing i was going to say is like have uh integrity in what you're doing mm-hmm. don't try to chase dollars um stick to your beliefs don't try to scam people don't try to like People will see through anything that's fake. You might pick up some clients at first. you might like be the new person on the block and you get like you know some a rush of clients and then they'll mm-hmm. die because the people that you want and the people that'll stick around for a long time, people that'll refer people. they want to see consistent, good results with good communication, um, you know, have good systems in play to be able to communicate with your clients and to be able to relay information uh, to each other. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So uh, this isn't just like you write down a program and um, you send it to them and just forget about them. There's a lot that goes into it. Uh, You're handling people with different emotions, and that's a big one. People react different, respond to things you say differently. Um, So you have to learn to work with multiple personality types, um, people stress, people have lives, you know, all these things. So you have to be able to adjust, um, to kind of what, what they're doing, what they're feeling. You can't, um, and, and that takes time to learn. You're not going to know that right away until you've worked with all, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people. You're not going to start to even understand what I'm talking about. You know, so.
1: That's one of the things they told us when I was in massage school was until you've worked on a thousand different people, mm-hmm. you probably don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And when you think about how long it would take to do that and realize it's, like, it's a year after year after year process mm-hmm. of slowly refining, figuring out. Yeah. Uh, my advice is you should know your value and then also how to maintain it. Mm-hmm. Like we were saying in the beginning, yeah, you in, at the start, You take on anyone and everyone, but you should always know in your head, what is it that you're worth? Mm -hmm. And that takes knowledge of the market. That takes knowledge of how much, you know, compared to other people. Um, What have you, as we talk about all the time, what kind of results have you given? Mm -hmm. What have you shown yourself to be able to do? Yeah. Because if you have one person and you do an amazing job with that one person, they will talk about you. Mm -hmm. Whether it's because people ask them about like, what is it you're, you're doing? Like if you help someone lose weight, yeah, then they talk about you. In my profession, someone suddenly doesn't have pain. They move better. They feel better. Yeah. They're going to talk about it. You have 15 people and you do a shitty job with all of them. Congratulations. You had 15 people pay you once mm-hmm. and no one comes back.
0: Yep. I mean, there's, uh, I'd have to count them, five or six people that have five years or more straight training with me. Like you want people to, to, to trust in what you're doing for them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Trust in the process of it all. You want them to trust your knowledge that much that you're literally handling years of their lives, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: So if someone doesn't stick with you, it should not be from a lack of quality. mm -hmm. You don't want that to be the reason. Yeah. And knowing what you can provide, the level of quality you can provide, Mm. comes back to being able to understand your value.
0: You know, some of it, like uh, my one client, she's been on nutrition for probably like two years straight now. Um, Combined, she's probably done nutrition with me for over three years. And, um, you know, she recently just had a surgery. And she could have easily made an excuse like, well you know i can't work out as hard i can't do this so like i'm gonna drop nutrition you know this Mm -hmm. whatever like life circumstance i'll come back when like i'm working out hard no Mm -hmm. no she stayed on nutrition and she wants me to help her like work through that and then also on top of that now she like wants me to help her with her programming on the rehab side of it once she's past like the pt time and all that stuff um to build her body back stronger you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so it's like you know i told her at what point as far as like number of weeks uh ability things like that of like this is when i feel comfortable working with you yeah i didn't say hey okay week after surgery i got you just because i want her programming money no she needs to go see like her physical therapist she needs to see those people that can start to rehab her and progress Mm -hmm. her before i will take her on you know so um anyway um I think another side of that, too, is if you're going to get in the fitness industry, um, you you need to, like, surround with knowledgeable people. Surround yourself with knowledgeable people. Mm -hmm. You need to connect with them. And you need to hire and learn from real coaches who know a lot. Um, You know, and, and whether those coaches will take you on, who knows? You know what I mean? Like that's what kind of sucks about being a beginner in the industry is like, mm-hmm. you know, you like, you can't go to some of those higher level coaches cause they won't even work with you. Cause right. you're not at a high enough level or whatever. Um, but not saying you're, go- you're learning to go copy their programming, but just learn a different style program and learn how, like see how they communicate with you. See, mm-hmm. you know, feedback points, you know, things like that. there's so much you can learn. And as long as you're willing to like sit there and soak up the knowledge, Um, just don't be one of those people that gets caught like reselling their programming right? because that wouldn't be good
1: I like the piece of advice that says that you should never be the smartest person in the room because at that point you have nothing to learn Mm -hmm. so that idea like you said you want to surround yourself with people that you can learn from and if you have the right mindset like we said before about the open mind Mm -hmm. there is always something to learn even if it doesn't seem directly applicable there's always something you can learn yeah, and find a way I, to use it. I
0: think like it also depends what room you're in. I mean, if you're <laughs> if you're in a room with some pretty knowledgeable people and you all work well together, then yeah, and you probably should stick around there. Mm-hmm. You know, but if it's yeah, if it's um, a bunch of like year one coaches and you don't think that you know, maybe there's five of you and only two of you are willing to learn anything, maybe you two should go. Connect with coaches that mm-hmm. have been doing it for a while, and will teach you and mentor you. Mm-hmm. So,
1: the idea of having a mentor off the get-go super helpful.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Okay. Second one. What would you do differently if you could pick one thing in the past six years?
0: Ooh. That's a <laughs> one thing I would do differently. It's hard. Yeah that that's a hard one. I would say. um if i had to pick one thing different i would have a a more strategic my hiring process would change like it would be a little more strenuous and a little bit more uh, filtered i guess i should say i I would probably have tiered it differently um to where you would have to work to earn at first and you would have to and and, um, i learned this from again the some of the business owners I've been talking with, um, sitting down with and gaining knowledge. There's like, um, mind you different businesses, but like they have like a whole personality trait, you know, thing that you test you take. Mm -hmm. They have, um, a lot of things that are hiring process that like, I, I I don't, I guess I just didn't think of it for like my business, you know, besides having like a face to face talking interview, Mm -hmm. like they have a whole, um, basically tests that you fill out mm-hmm. and it taught it, it like scores them on how um on different various things and stuff but so i think my hiring process definitely uh i would have changed that so um i think that would have saved me more headache down the road you know to maybe not hire someone or just make it harder to progress i guess as say
1: so It's difficult to say because a lot of things you you learn, Mm. you don't want to learn them necessarily, but you need it to. Well,
0: As far as like all the people I've talked to in all these different industries that it is like the heart, one of the hardest parts of business because it's hard to find people to work for you. mm -hmm. It just is like for whatever fucking reason. um, You know, I, I couldn't tell you. Because when I, you know, I thought the guy I worked for, I thought he was a fucking idiot. Like, I mean, the guy wasn't smart. He didn't know uh, much about marketing. <clears throat> he didn't understand. Um, He didn't understand, like, the fitness industry, mm-hmm. you know. But he, you know, made do with what he had and stuff. But he, he didn't get it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he, uh, he thought his trainers were a dime a dozen he even said that before like you know i can get new trainers at any time like blah blah like he didn't give a shit you Mm -hmm. know and he paid he paid good but like the incentives weren't really there you know what i mean it's like uh, but i did have access to clients and i grew myself it wasn't like he was walking people up to me and saying here you go here's a client Mm -hmm. no maybe once a while he'd be like well we have a trainer like you want to talk to him like schedule an appointment with him like whatever or the secretary would come to me like hey can this person schedule with you whatever Mm -hmm. you know but um you know uh, i i just don't get like you got to build yourself within whoever you're working for it doesn't matter what industry you're in because you might learn some skills doing that labor job working as the gopher that's going to turn around and make you a great manager one day project leader business owner Mm -hmm. you never know so
1: yeah um anyway has your definition of business owner changed throughout the six years
0: um yeah, I mean, as far as, like, I guess the biggest thing, um, it's almost like a, what you expect, like the, the mm-hmm. expectation versus reality. Yeah. I we can mean that shit. <laughs> um, like, you know, I, I, I remember when I started off, I'm like, oh, well, like, I'm a business owner, like, you know people will probably like respect you <laughs> and you know, they'll be, they'll, they won't talk like, you know, shitty to you or anything. And they'll kind of respect like the authority. Cause I came from the military, Yep. you know, bef- like, so it's like titles mean something. Uh, yeah. Like when you're higher up, like generally people, you
1: know, yeah, and, at least and I'm, I'm kind of that
0: way with business owners. Like I, I have a level of respect for them until they lose that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and they don't lose it easily it's not like oh my god you offended me and I fucking hate you no but like um, I thought that there's gonna be this level of respect and then I quickly realized that like people just don't get what it's like to be a business owner they no. have no clue what it's like <laughs> to run a business um, they have no idea of the day-to-day headaches that can come of it um, and that You know, you're trying to handle things and you have systems in play to make your business run efficiently, but there's always going to be leaks in that system somehow because someone doesn't buy into that or doesn't think that's the right way to run the business, even though they have no fucking clue how to run a business. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so, um, people will and I think I think part of it had to do with uh it still has to I'm still a relatively young business owner yeah um getting a little a little bit older but like when I first opened like you know I was in my later 20s so it's like you know mid-ish late 20s but like people like would always tell me that like oh you're a young business owner you know things like that like um you start to see it a little bit more now you know Cause everyone wants to be an entrepreneur and mm-hmm. some of them have mommy and daddy money. Um, so they get that opportunity. But, um, how do I say this? I think a lot of people entering business have that same mindset of? and of like, you think like you're going to get all this respect and you think like, um, uh, what, I wouldn't even say it was like an ego thing, but some people get that way. They get like, I'm fucking shit, even though their business hasn't done anything yet. You know, and they've been open. I'm the CEO of
1: a one person business. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: You know, so, um, so just you know, I, I would say for you know anyone that's looking for advice, be prepared for that because people don't give a shit. People don't care if you're the owner. People don't like people will treat you like shit. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, you could be making, you know, six figures, and people, you know, that are making thirty grand a year. Sorry if anyone makes that much. Um, not being offensive, but like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's people that like, you're in college working at Taco Bell, and you're trying to tell me how to run my business that does you know hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: not the same thing, right? It's not the same thing, dude. So, um,
1: a discrepancy in experience there.
0: Yeah. So, I, I think that's just you know, my if I had to say like something changed, then yeah. Just like the whole, what actually being an owner's like, <laughs> and
1: Yeah, there's a lot of it that um, got fleshed out. Yeah. When you start off, <clears throat> you almost have this dream of hustling. Mm-hmm. Like, you start to idolize it. Like, yeah. oh, I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to do all these hours every single day. Yeah. And then at a certain point, like you just burn yourself out yeah. doing it. And then you have to figure out, do I really want to keep doing this? Mm-hmm. And I would say that was where the definition changed of, did I fall under the entrepreneurial dream that everyone has when they first start?
0: I I, I would say this, like you, you definitely have to fucking hustle in the beginning. I mean, it is late nights, early mornings, inconveniences. Like, I, I mean, I'll admit, like there was a contractor that came in and he, um, he left some like metal shavings on the f- gym floor. Mm-hmm. And mind you, like, I don't understand this about contractors that sometimes they don't clean up their spit, their, their work, their, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, but I took it offensive because I had, it was a fucking, I think it was a Monday or Sunday or something. It was early in the week. I remember, but like, dude, I hadn't like hung out with my family or done anything in so long. Mm-hmm. And I, I had to leave where I was a family function because I got texts from one of the members saying there was metal shavings all over the ground and like they didn't want someone putting their hand in yeah. it, stepping on it, whatever. So I had to come in, sweep it out. I cussed out that contractor and, you know, like I didn't realize like he was like, Oh, this be the first time I had to do a cleanup after uh, work that I did or whatever and I was like like I didn't know that that was like what their world is like or whatever, mm-hmm. um, but I was, yeah, I was fucking irate. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's what happens. You can get yeah. a call. I mean, midnight. The time I came in at midnight because there was people that got snuck into the gym, mm-hmm. and I had the, you know, cops there walking through the door with me. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, what was that uh, with the water leak? I mean, that was like at like what 5 p.m. on a weekday night you Mm -hmm. know and the maintenance uh for the the property owners like their maintenance people are about to go home and stuff I got to make that call and like the building owner had to come in Mm -hmm. you know you think he wanted to walk in here at six o'clock at night probably not no think I wanted to deal with that you know at the end of the day no right you know so it's like um you know things that you have to hustle but after a certain time, like, yes, there's going to be things that pop up. Yes, things are going to happen, but Mm -hmm. you got to learn to just like let go and micromanage less. And I think that's a big transition. Um, like you said, that's a good point to not burn yourself out. You have to let some of it go. You know what I mean?
1: To the other people you have with you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or simply just like,
1: I can't do this right now.
0: There's yeah. And there's some things that happen on a day to day basis that, I will see it and I'll kind of let it go because I'm like I can't you know
1: that's not the battle for today like people
0: will see like oh you'll see me clean up your shit like do this and do that how mm-hmm. you know many times I see things not cleaned up or like something done wrong or whatever mm-hmm. this morning that sign-in log like yeah how many you know how many times it, I could be I could waste my time emailing that guy telling him sign your people incorrectly mm-hmm. you know or i just whatever let it pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. What's the next question? At what point do you see a slowdown in strength progression? That's going to vary from person
1: to person. Uh um, The dreaded. It depends. It, I mean,
0: it's, <laughs> it it. It really does. Yeah. Because you'll see people uh, come out the gate. They're a, you know high school athlete, college athlete, and they come out the gate and they're you know posting up big total, and then they go on for the next couple of years and add you Know two, three, four hundred pounds their total, and it seems like they're just going to keep going. You know, um, it just sort of depends what your background is, how strong or weak you are already. Um, I've seen plenty of people that uh, go from 13, 1400s to 2100 in five or six years, seven years, you know, mm-hmm. and I've seen people that go from 1800 to 2000 over four or five years, and that's it, that's all they ever do, mm-hmm. you know. So it's, um, it's really hard to, to pinpoint it. Um, I would say like everyone's going to see a slow-ish down at some point in that like two, three, four year mark. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not going to be that for – it's not permanent. You know, I see that all the right. time. People like get discouraged and think they're – I promise like four years of strength training, you're not done. Like you're right. You haven't reached your peak potential. Um, been strength training for 15, 16, 17 years. You might be getting to the top end of your peak potential. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I, speaking of Taco Bell lines, um, last night, yeah, I'm all my post meat foods. (laughs) I go through Taco Bell, get my, get myself some tacos. Um, and this guy in there, he's probably like 20 years old, 1920 years old. Um, he asks he's like hey how much do you lift like, <laughs> like it's such a weird question um, he's like yeah how much you lift i'm like i guess it just depends what i'm lifting mm-hmm. and he was like like elaborate mm-hmm. i'm like well you know total my numbers on squat bench and deadlift and it it's kind of funny cuz his jaw like drops he's like oh he's like had this like blank look on his face he's like he's like okay he, like turned around it's like <laughs> comes back with some stuff and he's like so you're telling me i couldn't kick your ass <laughs> i was like i don't know maybe but he's like how long have you been lifting i'm like you know and that and that's what i told it takes time that's all i told him i was like it just takes time man like this guy because he's like well i used to wrestle and then i that's how i lifted and like i still lift but i'm like it just takes time i'm like i've been you know i started off when i was playing sports i was like i have uh what at this point 20 years of lifting behind me, mm-hmm. oh, of, of working out yeah. in some capacity. Like I'm not saying I power lifted or strength trained or um, something the whole time, but it's like when you've been doing this for 20 years, um, I've been pushing, you know, I've been powerlifting for six. So it's mm-hmm. like.
1: There was a lot of foundation there for that to yeah, be built on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So <clears throat> I already had like good foundations um, and could bring it, but I'm also getting to an older point. Of my strength age, Mm -hmm. you know, and just age in general. Um, It it would literally depend just how hard I want to push my body, Mm -hmm. you know, for me. Um, The second part to that question was like, how do you push through when you start to get to those points? What I tell people all the time, you just have to keep working. Just keep on your path. It's consistency. You're you're coming to a breakthrough at some point. So what I mean by that is (laughs) let's look at like. I'll use myself as an example that I competed over the weekend. I got an 11 pound total PR, Mm -hmm. 11 fucking pounds. I put in a ton of fucking work to get those 11 pounds, right? But let's break it down a little bit. So my squat went from 711 to 733, right? Mm -hmm. Probably had, let's look at the realistic side of it. I probably had 750 in there. So I know that for later that I'm probably good for mid sevens, maybe upper sevens by the time I would compete mm-hmm. again. Had a shitty bench prep is what it is. Um, but I know I'm capable. I could probably, if I have a good prep, hit 480, 485. Mm-hmm. So let's add, you know, another 20 pounds. Okay. You know, let's just say to the the total. And then my deadlift, I was... Gassed out, just was is what it is. I know I'm stronger than that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, pulled seven sixteen, which matched my old PR. And let's say I'm good at some point here for seven fifty. Okay. All right. So you add that you start adding that up. It's like I total 1912. When you start adding those other things up, it's like now I'm pushing upper 19s. Mm-hmm. That's a you know, 50 60 pound difference just by the lifts going a little bit different. Just a little bit different. We're talking 17 pounds on one, add 20 pounds, you know, add 30 pounds. Mm -hmm. It seems like, you know, when you get up there, adding 20 pounds can be tough. Yeah. I I get that. But if you just break it down that way, um, I've watched guys get stuck at 18, 19 hundreds for two years and then blast all of a sudden through to upper 2000, 2100 range. Mm -hmm. So. You just have to stay consistent, stick to your plan, stay on your nutrition, stay on your programming, you know, keep pushing. If, If you need to find another program, find, um, whatever, whatever the, find the breakdown. You know, if you don't think you're progressing, find programming, find your diet, find, you know, whatever the hell it takes. If you're a natural person and you've put in a lot of fucking time Mm and you think you're at your top end maybe it's time to you know consider taking PEDs Mm -hmm. you know if you don't want to ever go the PED route understand that your progression is going to be slower like your progression might stall
1: Mm -hmm. you might
0: be at your top end genetics we don't know yeah.
1: So there's a number of examples where, uh, your limitation could be technique. You're looking at that. Your limitation could be, uh, that you're hitting close to like a genetic potential. Sure. But like you said, some of it, that consistency and just continue to do the work is because physiologically shit takes time to change yeah. in the body. Whether you're talking about the nervous system adapting to new technique, you're talking about motor neuron recruitment. And I don't mean like the short term thing mm-hmm. where you like, you see Uh, like neurological gains Mm. in a couple of weeks. But to get things coordinated in a really efficient way, when, I mean, for example, you talked, I mean, it was like a year ago about the difference in what you learned in squatting Mm. and how you changed what you wanted to feel through the back. Think about how long you hadn't been doing that Mm -hmm. and the change in it. It wasn't as if you were only at a couple hundred pounds and you added new technique onto it you were already up to what mid high sixes
0: high sixes. yeah.
1: That's a lot of integration that your body had to let go of Mm -hmm. to add on top of that. That takes a lot of time. Yeah, I mean months, sometimes like a full year before the body really sinks into that. Mm -hmm. And it depends on what kind of opportunity you're giving yourself with your training to work on that. You look at how long it takes for cell turnover for like tendons, ligaments, that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. I mean, Ligaments. It's like seven months mm-hmm. for a full turnover. Yeah, people. It, it's patience, people, consistency.
0: You know, when my uh, my deadlift stalled and then it took off, mm-hmm. that was literally like couple little tweak things and um, nothing major, just small things, small working on extension, mm-hmm. working on a better wedge. You know, little shit.
1: And, and it took time to work on those little and things deadlift but
0: my went from like <clears throat> that 7 or 672 you know range 680 mm-hmm. um,
1: to now you're walking to, away from a meet where you say oh I hit 716
0: yeah 716 I'm and, pissed about it yeah. Yeah, yeah so you know it's just it's just you got to give your body time to break through um, and you got to you got to do everything that's needed you know mm-hmm. so um For people that do take PEDs, that could also mean taking a drug break or backing way down off of them and then coming back to it, Mm -hmm. you know? So I see that all the time where people took way too many drugs to get to the strength level they're at and then they have to back off and let their, you know, body and their receptors change and things like that to hopefully come back, you know, and when they do add more back in, hopefully that strength pops, Mm -hmm. you know, so... It's, it's, it's hard to say. And you never know what someone else is doing. You know, I know guys that have been on uh, drugs for 10 years and still aren't as strong as I am 10, 10 fucking years. And I I still make similar weight class and everything. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yep. Yep. There's guys that are a little bit heavier than me. 275ers been on them since shit. 10, 12 years now. Wow. I can think. Yeah. So it's crazy. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Got any other questions? Are we saving those ones?
1: Uh, we can save the other ones.
0: Okay, yeah, we'll do that. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, for meets, I want to throw out Kentucky Open has about three spots left. That one's probably gonna sell out this week or next week. Dang. I imagine. Yeah. The Throwdown. Uh, still, we're getting, you know, about one to two people a week on that one. So we're still like, we still have plenty of spots. Uh, fall brawl waitlist keeps growing um, we did have we're we're going to be coming into that time where you're going to see people drop off or whatever so if you are interested get on the waitlist um, we already had some some changes and i think i'm like already third i emailed the third person on the waitlist today okay to get them in so um, it's not to say you you won't be able to get in you just you have to get on the waitlist so I can go down um, through the emails and or, yeah, through the list and email the people. So
1: they can do that on the website.
0: <clears throat> they just email the gym. OK. unrivaled strength dot com or unrivaled strength gym at gmail dot com. And um, just say you want to be added to the wait list for the fall roll.
1: OK. We'll
0: get you going. It's um, about it for announcements. We, we might have um, a woman's event uh, thing that one of the members is putting on in july uh still working out some some details on that but it's going to be around like um i believe like you know fitness obviously and then uh like women-owned businesses and uh just kind of a gathering of of the females um i know she's trying to put that all together so we might have some details on that at some point here
1: um if people are interested in that, should they reach out to you or reach out to... Well,
0: we'll I'll let everyone know. We'll put it on our social media and stuff okay. too like, to get a hold of her because she's, she's coordinating that. We're just uh, kind of letting it all function at the gym. Um, I know Dan is planning a weightlifting meet also uh, for at the gym. Not sure on exact day yet, um, and he hasn't registered it, but it will be, I believe, in the early fall. So... Kind of, kind of be on the lookout for that. Probably, excuse me. Probably um, sometime in September. Okay. So, if you're trying to plan out your year and you're interested in a weightlifting meet, uh, that'd be a good one to get into. So, um, I think that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, it's summer, enjoy it. <laughs> so. Um, all right. Yeah, that's it for today. Um, again, six years. Thanks to everyone that supported us. Um, you know, Hopefully we'll be doing an episode at 10 years I'm talking about how six years wasn't shit. Fingers so, crossed. Yeah. All right. That's all for today.
1: Have a good one.